At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, presented by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care providers of the Charlotte Hornets. Rob Longo with you today after Charlotte's 116-108 win last night in Indiana as the Hornets wrap up the 2021 portion of the schedule with a three-game winning streak. And yes, if you are curious, health and safety protocols can't keep me away from the HHC. We'll recap this one for you and provide you with our top performers as well. And while there are some bright spots here with the way that the Hornets have played over the last couple of games and of course the whole first half of the season for the most part as well, there's still a lot to be excited for in the future moving forward as well. So we'll We'll talk about how some of the national recognition on the Hornets is starting to become mainstream with the future of the Charlotte Hornets as well, based off of a couple of recent draft picks. Joining me today on the Hornets Hivecast is the one and only lead writer at Hornets.com, Sam Purley. Sam, thank you so much for joining me on the HHC today. Thank you for having me. Hope you're feeling well. And yes, it is a gold star version of the podcast today after the big win in Indiana last night. Couldn't have closed out 2020 in any better fashion. So let's get to it. Yeah, let's go ahead and recap this one as Charlotte got off to a great start in Indiana last night. The Hornets ripped off a 25-9 run in the first quarter, all thanks to Terry Rozier, who had 13 points in nine minutes on the floor. Rebounded by Cody Martin, throws to Terry Rozier, catches, shoots, and delivers another triple. Terry Rozier 
absolutely dialed in. He's got 11 in the first quarter. Hornets had that double-digit advantage at long last of 26-16. LaMelo Ball also filled the stat sheet in the first quarter, who had four points, six rebounds, and three assists. The only blemish for the Hornets was a 7-13 clip from the free-throw line as Charlotte led it 34-27, and that was kind of a theme as we move further on in this game recap as well. It was more of the same for Buzz City in the second quarter as the Hornets put up 37 points in the stanza, and Gordon Hayward had 11 of them. LaMelo to his right, bounce pass to cutting Gordon Hayward for the two-handed chin-up on the iron. A Dr. Pepper dunk from a dime from LaMelo Ball. Gordon Hayward's got a dozen. Hornets back up by 17. That wasn't to go without LaMelo Ball and what he was able to accomplish as well in the first half either. 13 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, and this little ditty to end the half. Game clock at 5. Ball holds the crossover. Tries to take him off the dribble. Spin move up with a right-hand floater over the shot blocker. Miles Turner. Oh, you couldn't have constructed a better end-of-half basket. LaMelo Ball doing it all. And the Hornets will claim a 14-point advantage heading to the locker room here in Indiana. Charlotte led it 71-57 at the break behind 18 points from Terry Rozier. The Hornets came out a little sluggish in the second half, though, as Charlotte was outscored 25-19 in the third frame and turned the ball over five times. However, Buzz City still led it 90-82 going into the fourth quarter, and things got a little squirrely in the fourth as Indiana got the deficit within four points on several occasions, but Kelly Oubre was able to hit a big three-pointer with about eight and a half minutes left to play. Hayward on the other end. Hayward splits a double to Oubre. Catch and shoot three is good. Kelly Oubre Jr., yet another Lowe's drilling threes bucket. So that put the Hornets back up nine, but the Pacers would not go quiet. Indiana got it within two possessions on multiple occasions, but Terry Rozier was able to put it away with multiple clutch three-pointers, especially this one. Ball is up, Turner wins it, but Martin comes in and steals it, gives to Rozier, loaded for three. You better believe it, Terry Rozier off a brilliant play by Cody Martin to steal that tip and then set up Terry Rozier for a huge three from the wing. The Hornets went up eight, and that was it for Charlotte, as the Hornets improved the 19-17 and 17 on the season with a 116-108 win. Sam, this was another typical game between the Hornets and the Pacers, a lot of back and forth. We saw it on opening night. We saw it the last time that these two teams got together, and finally the Hornets were kind of able to put this one away for the most part, all things considered, because... While, you know, there were definitely some momentum swings back and forth, it felt like Charlotte really dominated this game almost from start to finish. Yeah, it's been three kind of crazy games between the Hornets and Pacers this year. You had the big comeback on opening night, and then the Hornets had a big lead in the second game in November, and the Pacers almost came back and won, and then big lead in this night, and Pacers kind of made it a game at the end. But I think what I like most in this one was the start the Hornets got off to because they scored 71 points in the first half. I think that was tied for their second highest first half total of the season. And then you had a kind of a tough stretch in that third quarter. They got good looks. They just weren't hitting shots, finishing with only 19 points. I think they were still playing pretty well defensively. Pacers got back into it got within eighth, got it obviously down to four or five. And then, like you said, they made some big plays. I think the LaMelo jump ball to find Cody to hit Terry to stretch the lead from five to eight on a very short shot clock with about three minutes left. Avert hits a three at the other end, and then Terry hits another three keeps it at eight. I mean, they made just enough plays down the stretch, but when you have kind of rough quarters like the Hornets had in the third and fourth quarter, you need to have gotten off to a good start because at least you put yourself in position to kind of weather some of that adversity. And, you know, you've seen this Pacers multiple times here. I mean, they can play really, really well. One of their challenges this year has been closing games. I think they're the worst clutch time 
win percentage team in the league this year. And they were down a couple guys. Hornets were down a couple guys. And, you know, neck and neck game down the stretch, sometimes all it takes is which team is going to make some plays. And the Hornets were a team that made those plays, you know, give them just enough breathing room in the end. James Borrego, after the game, talked about how that big start was the reason why the Hornets were able to win last night. It did. I thought we got off to a good start. Start the game with a defensive mentality. I thought our aggression was there from the start. Lost our way a little bit in the third quarter. I think part of that was just not making shots. We had some good looks. We couldn't, we couldn't find the, the hole there. You know, our free throw almost cost us tonight, the free throw line. But in general, I love the mentality. To play this, you know, on the road, you know, we had a number of guys step up. It wasn't the prettiest win at times, you know, going through the game. But we found a way, as I told them in the locker room, we found a way. Do that with your effort, staying together, staying the course, not giving in, and uh, finding a way somehow, some way to get a win, and we did that tonight. Couple things stand out for me in this one, Sam. Not to be a Debbie Downer, obviously, because anytime you pick up a win, especially on the road, is a big deal in the NBA, especially, you know, the way that the Hornets have been able to start games the last couple of games as well, coming off the better starts that we haven't seen the last couple of games, especially on that West Coast swing. But the three point shooting was not great 34%. The Hornets are only able to hit. Nine, I believe that snaps a 38-game streak of double-digit three-pointers that the Hornets were not able to overcome last night. And the free-throw shooting, I know James Borrego touched on it, but 19 to 34, that's 60% from the foul line. Not even 60%, but you know those kind of things are the things that are going to have you lose ball games. But the thing that really stood out to me was the points in the paint, and the Hornets dominated that, outscoring Indiana 54 to 32. If you would have told me at the beginning of the game that the Hornets are going to go up against you know, guys like Damanis Sabonis and Miles Turner and the bigs that the Hornets have, like Mason Plumley and Nick Richards, who both combined for nine fouls. Mason Plumley had four fouls. Nick Richards had five fouls, and those were the only two bigs that played because P.J. Washington is still in health and safety protocols. If you would have told me that all things considered and you would have told me that the Hornets would have outscored the Pacers by 22 points in the paint, I would have not believed you. Yeah, no, they really took advantage. And I think if you just to, I guess, also add the Pacers also had a pretty bad night from the free throw line. They were 19 of 29. So that kind of canceled uh, the free throw out. Maybe it was just, I don't know, some with the rims in Indiana, Indiana tonight. But I think one of the things you look at too, obviously they only shot nine, hit nine threes out of 26, but that's just not a lot of attempts for this Hornets team. And we're not putting up a lot of attempts. You're not going to make a whole lot. So, I mean, the, the percentage was, you know, below the season average, but I think a lot of it became because they were just getting such good looks inside the arc that it just wasn't necessarily the shots they had in three-point range. I mean, I think they finished 35 of 59 on twos, which is about almost 60%. So they were getting shots around the rim. I thought Mason Plumley did really well. I thought LaMelo had a lot of really good finishes. Obviously, Terry had the big shots in the end, but I think Gordon was really good. I think he was something seven of 11 on twos. Jalen had a couple of good finishes. I mean, they were just able to get to the basket. And I think because they were kind of had those those opportunities they just the three-point line just wasn't a focus as much and like JB said at the end sometimes it's about it's not the prettiest of wins but it's about winning it doesn't matter it's all that matters is the W in the end and that's what the Hornets got a win is a win is a win that's for sure as Charlotte wins at 116 to 108 last night in Indiana like I mentioned improving to 19 and 17 on the season as the Hornets get a couple of days off before taking on the Phoenix Suns on Sunday that's going to be a good one by the way if you want to get your tickets be sure to check out Hornets.com or the Hornets app to secure those because because I'm pretty sure that they'll be going pretty quickly. Gordon Hayward, of course, coming back to Indiana, playing in his native state, talked about how the Hornets have played Indiana three times already this season, and they've all been kind of different wins in different styles, and he talked about that after last night's victory. Yeah, um, we talked about it before the game that we got down by 20 in the first one, up by 20 in the second, and both of them came down to a last shot. You know, So we, we talked about how no matter if we get up or down, 
keep playing. You know, the Pacers give them credit. They they battled and fought and brought themselves within four. And then just some big time plays. Terry, like you mentioned, I think Cody with the play of the game, stealing the uh, jump ball and passing to Terry for the three. I mean, that was huge. Happy that we got a win. A win is a win. We'll take it. Sam, that's another good point that Gordon brings up after last night's game is that this team, at least the Charlotte Hornets last season, was their clutch numbers. When you took a look at them in the last five minutes, they were almost unbeatable. I mean, it didn't even matter. As long as that game was within a two-possession game with five minutes to go, chances are they were going to win that. I'm not saying that the Hornets haven't lost their clutch gene this season, but there's been some closer games down the stretch that we haven't seen Charlotte win. Last night was definitely a different story, though, as Charlotte held the lead for the majority of the game. The Hornets were able to get a couple of clutch shots, like Gordon mentioned, like Terry mentioned, and like JB mentioned after the game, and they were able to find a way to win. What does this win do moving forward for Charlotte? With that said, a couple days off, but facing some really tough competition over the next week and a half or so against teams like Phoenix and Milwaukee twice. Absolutely. And full disclosure, I love when it's like those winning, we talk about those winning plays. I love when it's something kind of obscure that makes the difference. I think, you know, if it's a jump ball or it's an offensive rebound, or I think the game earlier this year, I'm I'm blanking on who was against, but when Terry won the jump ball. Golden State. Golden State. Yeah. Like little stuff like that. Even it's always a game winning shot is great, but when it's like a kind of a, a different play like that, I love when it comes down to just something kind of so minute like that. But yeah, you know, you talk about the clutch performances and I think Charlotte, you know, this was a real strength of them this year. And I think now looking at after the Indiana game, they're now 13th in the NBA in clutch time win percentage at exactly 500. They're 10 and 10. I think this one counted. And I also think the Denver one was also a clutch one as well. So two of the last three, but I mean, they've won clutch time wins in two of the last three situations. And I think you can chalk up a couple of handful of those to, you know, they had a stretch where they didn't have a point guard. You know, they didn't have a Lamelo ball. They didn't have Terry Rozier because of the health and safety protocols. I know those two Philly games. I mean, that's a big part of it. It's just you got to have, you know, closing games. You got to have, you know, the right personnel sometimes down the stretch to make it happen. So in terms of what this win, I mean, you look at where Indiana is in the standings, you look where the Hornets are. I mean, Indiana's having kind of a tough season with injuries and maybe not meeting the expectations that they had originally, but they're still a really hard team. They've won, I think they had won something like six of the last seven at home before last night. And they have great players on their team, obviously. And, you know, you look at kind of where they are. I mean, this is one you, you want to take care of business and going out and win on the road and put yourself in position to win like they did. I mean, when you put yourself in position, you want to make sure you get that win. So I think it does nothing. You know, you look at it, you got three days off now, you go into a tough game against Phoenix, and then, you know, it starts kind of lightening up a little bit in terms of the home schedule in January. So anytime you can win on the road, no matter how not pretty it may be, it's it's good. It doesn't matter who it is. and It doesn't matter the circumstances right now. You look at the NBA and everything that's going on with absences, just find ways to win, find ways to win and move on to the next one and, and worry about who's ahead. So all in all, like we said, and we'll say it again, a win's a win's a win. Charlotte wins at 116 to 108 in Indiana last night. Five players in double figures for the Hornets, and we will touch on a couple of those next, right here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. I'm not anti-aging. I'm pro-looking my best. Getting cosmetic surgery at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates has me looking young again and filled with the confidence I need to take on the day. From Botox to rhinoplasty to facelifts, Senta offers facial plastic surgery from specially trained eye and ENT doctors who are familiar with how all parts of the face work. Feel like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. It's always fun to play here. I saw a lot of people in the stands tonight that I haven't seen in a long time. You know, my family, my wife's family gets to come and watch me play and 
know, it's always fun, especially when we when we come out of here with the win. I'll tell you that. Gordon Hayward with 18 points, 8 of 13 from the floor last night, four rebounds, couple of assists, couple of steals as well in Charlotte's 116 to 108 win over the Indiana Pacers. And Sam, as the guest of honor, it's time now, as always, to hand out your gold star, top performers in general. So who are you going to go with as, of course, like I said, the guest of honor for your gold star? Well, much appreciated. I think this one's an easy one for me. It's got to be Terry Rogier. Season high, 35 points. I think he had 13 in the fourth quarter, had a bunch of big shots down the stretch. We talked about the one-off the jump ball and then the next possession as well. I mean, he's really starting to heat up. And I looked at the numbers recently. His previous season high was 32 at Washington back on November 22nd. And ever since that game or counting that game, I mean, he's really kind of turned things around. I know he had the tough start to the season with the some of the ankle issues and he did have a little bout in the health and safety protocols. But I mean, he's really, I mean, this is the Terry that we kind of expected. We saw so much last year, last four games, counting last night, 25 points, shooting 47%, 49% from three, six rebounds, four assists. I mean, this is exactly the kind of guy the Hornets need right now, particularly with you got Miles out, you got PJ out. So I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, Terry Terry Rozier was fantastic last night and, again, made those big shots. Terry time. We saw it so many times last night. We, had, we, we saw Terry time last night. Yeah, clutch time has been Terry time the last two seasons here in the Queen City as Scary Terry goes for 35. A new season high last night, 13-23 from the floor. 5 of 9 from beyond the arc, and also 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks, 2 steals, just did it all in last night's victory, playing 38 minutes. And here's what Terry Rozier had to say after the game about that performance. It's a matter of me looking at myself in the mirror and knowing that I worried about what, how everything else play out. But, uh, you know, I always give my credit to my coaches and my teammates because they allow me to be me and they're always looking for me. So, you know, I don't want that to go unnoticed. Terry is one of those guys who is just, he's a veteran presence now in the locker room. He just got that contract extension. He's supposed to be a fixture on his team for a very long time now moving forward, Sam. And, you know, there were a couple of games here in the middle of the season. You talked about it a little bit already about going through health and safety protocols a little bit, dealing with multiple ankle injuries on different ankles. And there were some times there when he would come back and he just didn't seem like the right kind of Terry Rozier. But, you know, when it comes to T-Row, it just seems like, Everything it has to do about him all is about confidence. And when his confidence is through the roof, I mean, he said it on the post game of the broadcast yesterday as well. Sam Farber asked him, you know, what does the hoop look like right now? And he goes, I want to be humble, but I would say it's the ocean. So, you know, that's just the kind of swagger that Terry Rozier carries with himself. And when he gets on that roll, look out. Yeah, I mean, this is it's so much fun to watch him because, you know, it has been tough. But you can always tell throughout the year that his confidence has never waned. I mean, he, he, you know, works incredibly hard during the summer. You know, he's gotten so much better since he's gotten to Charlotte. I mean, he's become one of the best catch and shoot three point guys in the league. And I think the early season injuries and to his ankles and then you kind of come back in and the team's already kind of found its rhythm after a really good start and you got more talent on the team this year it's deeper you got Kelly Oubre taking more shots you got Miles taking on a bigger role you got LaMelo taking more shots Gordon's back so you know it's kind of hard maybe to find your role on the fly because it's a little bit different than it was last year. So maybe that played a little bit into it, but the most important thing is that he never like the confidence, like we said, it never went away. He always, always it's, you know, if you're open shooting, never hesitates, you know, that's what the worst thing can happen is when you get the ball and you start thinking, am I going to make miss and you start becoming hesitant? And that was never the case with Terry. And it's, it's fun to see him, you know, kind of go through 
that tough stretch to start the season. Not fun to watch it per se, because obviously you want to play well, but it's fun to see him kind of get through that and get back to the Terry. We got so accustomed to seeing so much fun last year. And man, I, I just love watching him hit those big shots down the stretch. I hope it's, you know, I don't like necessarily the dicey games per se, because it makes me a little nervous. I want to win, you know, kind of like the Houston all the time. So my anxiety isn't going up, but if it's going to get close, I love seeing, I, I there's nobody else in the team. I'd r- want ball in their hands more than Terry Regier, to be honest. T. Rowe, definitely a top performer last night. Again, game high, season high, 35 points for, well, just a kid from Youngstown. My gold star, top performer, whatever you want to call it, there are definitely a lot to look at. I mean, Mason Plumlee had 12 rebounds. Gordon Hayward with another 18 points. He had a couple of clutch buckets down the stretch as well, but I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball. Blackjack, 21 points, 12 rebounds. Shot very efficient from the floor as well. 8 of 13, 3-point shooting, 1 of 4, so not the greatest. And he finishes with 9 assists. Now, he did try to get that 10th assist for another triple-double towards the end of the game. There was about 15 seconds left, and he just kind of chucked one up towards Mason Plumley off of steel, trying to get him a cheap layup or a cheap dunk. And Mason just really wasn't expecting it because the Hornets could have just dribbled out the clock considering it was an 8-point game at that point. But you got to tip your cap, I guess, to LaMelo at least try to get that triple-double. But at any rate, Sam, he just seemed like he was kind of the most that was going at halftime he had some you know crazy stats you know there was five minutes left to go in the second quarter and he had I think 11 points eight rebounds and seven assists at that point he finishes the half 13 eight and seven but you know it, night in and night out for LaMelo Ball it seems like we're just getting accustomed to this yeah he was spectacular and I think he was a major reason the Hornets I think they're up 14 at half he was a major reason for that like you said the numbers I mean I think the thing that stood out to me is just kind of starting the game and this is, seems kind of kind of minor but I feel like he had like three or four offensive rebounds in the first like two or three minutes and and, and no it doesn't it's not something that necessarily like pops out on the box score you look at the points you look at the you know assists and stuff like that but it really kind of felt like when you see your one of your guys your point guard nonetheless starting the game with that kind of effort and that kind of intensity and getting and going in there and getting offensive rebounds against Demonis Sabonis and Miles Turner I think that kind of just sets a tone I think it's it's just one of those little things that you know can kind of get the team going in the right direction JB spoke about having that defensive mentality that aggression I think gets you know the pace defense kind of on their heels from the go so just little stuff like that I think is just so valuable for him you know his finishing at the rim his passing was extraordinary last night just made a lot of you know kind of head turning passes like we're so accustomed to you know made some big plays and obviously winning the the jump ball there at the end again one of those little things you're not going to see in the stat sheet but tipping it out to Cody Martin Cody gets it to Terry and then gets the three so yeah I thought he was spectacular and he's he's really kind of settled right back in after he himself was in health and safety as well earlier this month I mean he's had a nice stretch here five or six games just doing everything like we've become used to I mentioned LaMelo Ball with those 12 rebounds five of them on the offensive side of the glass he was a plus 13 that was tied with a game high and a plus minus along with Terry Rozier. So don't think you could go wrong either way with our top performers after Charlotte's 116-108 win in Indiana last night. So while this three-game winning streak and the way that the Hornets have played the last couple of games and for the most part the first portion of the season, it's been really fun to watch and there's a lot of promise with this team, but there are people still looking ahead a little bit closer at the future, a little bit further down the road. The Hornets getting some national recognition in that regard, and we'll talk about that next right here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. 
Rob Longo and Sam Perley with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast as we wrap this one up. And as exciting as it is to see the Hornets excel and be present in the moment that this is, a recent article on ESPN reminded us, or well, reminded me at least, and I'm the host, so what I say goes here, as what lies ahead for the future of the Hornets. Recent article by the Worldwide Leader dropped yesterday titled, Who's Got Next? The First Round Picks and G League Standouts Ready to Be Called Up. This was mostly brought up because of all the recent hardship contracts, the 10 day deals handed out by multiple NBA teams over the last week or two and there's a handful of notable names on this list in general but the one that stands out the most is here in the Queen City and that is Kai Jones he is in fact the second name on this list it talks about first round picks and goes over about how Kai performed really well in the Vegas showcase where he was in for only 25 minutes in those two games the average 10 points five and a half rebounds two assists and it just talks about the article just kind of talks about how it makes him a long-term prospect for the Hornets you know, the rim running, the lob catching center, the ability to, you know, get out and guard in some space, how he's able to shoot the three a little bit as well. And it talks about some stuff they kind of needs to work on, like playing off the catch, defending without fouling. But, you know, it just kind of mentions about how the future of the Hornets could maybe be with Kai Jones at a center position, at a power forward position, somewhere as a rim running big with LaMelo Ball. But Sam, you know, we've talked about Kai Jones a lot here on previous podcasts. We've talked about the future of the Hornets as well. But, you know, this is the first time that the Hornets, I think, have really seen some national recognition based off of some of these prospects that maybe a whole lot of the rest of the country hasn't been able to see a whole lot yet. Yeah, and I think this is what you expected with Kai Jones coming into the season. I think you you, you took him on or traded back into the first round with that trade with the Knicks to get him. I think I, I think the expectation was that he was kind of a project player. Tons of athleticism, tons of upside, uh, but hasn't been playing basketball for that long in his life. I think he only picked it up maybe full-time, 14, 15 years old. He had kind of a you know back and forth between the Bahamas and Florida, so he's kind of like not the most consistent in terms of programming and, and training and things like that in terms of basketball. But yeah, I think he's taken on you know, it's just going to take some time with him. And I think, you know, it's, it's good. It's a good thing. The Hornets have not necessarily needed him right now because you don't want to call on him and put him in a situation that he's not ready for that can, you know, it can, it can hurt a guy's confidence. It can make him feel a little too overwhelmed. I mean, it's good that they can kind of take this slow with him because he has a lot of potential. I think I, I heard when JB was, was on the radio yesterday on WFNZ with Nick Wilson, he said that I think since his playing days, at Texas, he's put on 14 pounds. So he's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. And you're putting him in environments right now where he can see progression. He can see positives. He can, you know, go out and get consistent playing time. And, you know, you look at this G League program that the Hornets have really cultivated, particularly since Mitch Kupchak and James Borrego came over. I mean, it works. The G League system in Charlotte works. Look at Cody Martin. Look at Jalen McDaniels. Look at the impact they've had. Look at the impact that Devontae Graham had. You know, Caleb Martin as well. I mean, these guys all went through the G League program here in Charlotte and got better. And now they're all rotational NBA players, whether in Charlotte or elsewhere. So I don't think any different is going to happen to Kai. I think JT, same thing. And I think James Booknight as well. I think he's seen a little bit more playing time with the Hornets, but, you know, has also gone the G League route. And it's also important to note on this list, there's some other guys that were drafted around Kai that are in situations where they're just not getting a lot of playing time, not because they're not good. It's just the situation they're in. You look at someone like Jalen Johnson, Keon Johnson was mentioned, and then the other one was Josh Primo. All of them were in that 10 to 20 range and just in situations where they just aren't, it's just a numbers game. And they just got guys ahead of them that have been in the league a little bit longer and, and are a little bit further along. So it doesn't mean they're not going to be great NBA players down the line. It just means, you know, you just got to have to go through a you know, different route per se. 
And keep in mind, too, that Kai Jones, not that this is going to hamper his development really at all, but, you know, the G League has delayed its start to the second half of the season just due to some health and safety protocols sort of things. So Kai's not, you know, he's still practicing with the team, obviously, he's still with the Charlotte Hornets. It's not like he's just sitting around in Greensboro waiting for the season to pick up. But, you know, just something that we will see moving forward where you're not going to open up the box score tomorrow and see Kai Jones have 25 and 15 for the Greensboro Swarm, not within the next week or so. So just something to keep an eye on. But Sam, you also brought up a great point there too that I wanted to touch on was James Booknight was a guy that was in fact the higher pick. He was a lottery pick for the Hornets and he wasn't on this list. I thought it was interesting that, you know, these national writers took a look at Kai Jones instead of James Booknight, where like you mentioned, James Booknight has had a little bit more of an impact with the big league club so far this season, just based off of what he's been needed and when he's been called upon due to all of those health and safety protocols when the Hornets just really didn't have any depth in the backcourt, you know, with LaMelo Ball, with Terry Rozier, with all of those, and with Ish Smith, all those guys missing time due to some health and safety protocols. When he was called upon, he was ready to go. And, you know, a lot of people now are wondering when we're going to see James Booknight again. And it's just so hard to find him minutes on the floor with the way that this backcourt has been playing but it's at that point where we're probably going to see James sooner rather than later so I'm kind of surprised that he didn't land on this list and Kai Jones did instead well yeah well I think full disclosure with this list which is really good done by Mike Schmitz uh, does a tremendous draft coverage over at ESPN I think it was focusing on guys that actually played in the G League showcase in Vegas which James Booknet I don't believe did so that would probably be the reason why he isn't on the list but again like you said you know he had that big outing against the Kings a couple weeks ago which I think he had 24 points I mean he's got tons of talent great score he obviously I think kind of envisioned coming in and contributing a little bit more from the start but I think when you have guys at, at the same position you know you got Terry kind of in there you got Cody Martin in there you got Ish obviously in the backcourt and LaMelo I mean when you have lots of talent at your same position it's going to bring out the best of guys you know guys want to play they want to get out there and they want to contribute and so I think having a really deep team is not only good in terms of you have guys there in case something happens or you get a guy that gets into the health and safety protocols it gets hurt but Guys all want to compete, and they know that number of guys that it's going to be on the floor every night. It's going to be nine to ten. It's only going to be nine to ten guys per night that play, you know, end to end for the most part. So that's what you want. You want competition on the roster, healthy competition, to get guys that say, you know what, I want to play. I want to play, and I'm going to do everything I can to get on the court and play. And they've also fostered a culture of, you know what. If I don't get to play or I'm not in the rotation, I'm going to be ready when my name's called. And that's obviously what James Booknet has done. Ish Smith is a great product of that. All the guys, it feels like every Hornets player this year at some point has stepped up and played not only meaningful basketball, but played well in meaningful situations. And I think, I mean, you can't ask for anything more. You've got guys contributing 1 to, to 15 all the way down the line. I mean, that's what you want. That's what you want to have is, is have guys that you can count on every single night. And right now the Hornets have seen they've had that through this first 36 games of the season. It's titled, Who's Got Next? The first round picks and G League standouts ready to be called up. It's on ESPN. It's an ESPN Plus article. So, you know, if you have the little bit of a premium version of ESPN, you can definitely check it out. Give it a read. Give us your thoughts as well to see, you know, where Kai Jones stands with the rest of the standouts in the story as well. We got a lot of stuff coming up here on the Hornets Hivecast over the next couple of days. Just because Charlotte does not play again until Sunday into 2022, of course, doesn't mean we're going to take any days off here on 
on the Hornets Hivecast. Of course, we got a really big special edition of the HHC coming out on New Year's Day. It's myself, Sam Farber, and Sam Perley, where we hand out 22 projections or 22 resolutions, whatever you want to call it, for the year 2022 here on the HHC. And I'll let Sam speak for it instead of me just babbling on about it because it was a fun one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fun. It didn't get nearly out of control as my Christmas Day uh, names. I couldn't think of enough to take up a whole segment. It's a little more challenging with New Year's themed titles in this Christmas. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. I would say it's more of a sort of resolutions. It's predictions. It's, you know, hot takes. a little bit of everything. Some stuff that I think is you know, really kind of achievable, I guess, and some stuff that's kind of really out there. A little a nice mix of Hornets players, Hornets team stuff, and the NBA as a whole. You know, we love watching the league. So I think it'll be a fun one. So tune in. And obviously, we'd love to hear anybody else's predictions for 2022, not just the second half of this season, but whole calendar year. I never claim to be Nostradamus, but I will allow the listeners to draw their own conclusions with that said. Sam Perley, the lead writer of Hornets.com. Thank you so much for joining me on the HHC once again today. Yep. Thank you for having me. And thanks to all of you for joining us as well. For Sam Perley, I'm Rob Longo saying thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. And we'll see you tomorrow here once again on the HHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.